you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and and God's just doing a work in your life. We're honored that you would tune us in. We're honored that you would take the time to listen to us and kind of thrilled today. I have a a pastor friend of mine who's going to remain anonymous, but uh, he's just a brother who has faced trials and faced them in a proper way. And uh, God's brought him through. And I I asked him to join us. So, well, good morning, brother. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. And uh, so, folks, you'll be hearing me call him brother, and I I won't use a name or or anything like that. But uh, uh, it's uh, it's okay. He'll you'll understand the story. We we hope to have uh, some time with him uh, today, tomorrow, maybe some time with his family. And uh, so you'll know you'll know. So uh, today's word of the day or today's thought is trials. And uh, of course, I brought my dear brother on for that. And I I'm reminded of the verses and. James 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, which we know when the trials come, when they show up, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work, worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing as I read that and getting ready to listen to my dear brother here is to know that trials and tribulations can produce and will, if we handle them properly, uh, patience in us and lots of spiritual growth. Now, now my, my dear brother, you've been there. You've, you've stood at the crossroads of trials and craziness. And if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So <clears throat> our family you know, going back to 2015, um, the state of our our local state here uh, took our four children into foster care. There was some um, false accusations made and some crazy things happened. Anyways, um, we made it through that miraculously by God's grace and, and with the prayers and help of others. But, uh, you know, it, uh, it got to a point where we thought that it was going to be over soon. We, you know, we kept thinking we'd get them back. And then we came to realize that we weren't going to get our four children back for what they said, 18 months. And so we fought it as best we could. We didn't have a lot of money, uh, but we had a lot of passion. That's for sure. And we had a great, great God and they were gone for, um, five months. They were out of our home for five months. And through that, God did so many miracles. Um, most of those miracles, I think, were done inside of us. One of the things that we learned, you know, the truth about suffering and trials is that they make us more like Jesus. And none of us want that. (laughs) And we all want to be like Jesus. But, you know, Isaiah 53 says that he's a man of sorrows and he's acquainted with grief. And we want to avoid the sorrow and the grief, but we still want to be like Jesus. And it just doesn't really work that way. Um, Yeah. And so thinking about that, brother, um, so how do you find all this out? So you're, I mean, you guys are just living your life. You're just going on, uh, and boom, how does all this happen? 
So uh, my wife and I had been discussing trying to get some help. Uh, one of our daughters was just struggling. You know, she was 14. She was just just struggling. And we had some friends who did biblical counseling, and we had made some contact there. And we were trying to figure out how to get her some help. And we sat there on a Wednesday night after church, um, right outside of our bedroom door, praying. And, and just talking about that, we uh, went to bed. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, there came a a very loud beating on the door, and I went to answer the door. I called 911 on my way there. Um, long story short, there were um, six or seven police officers coming in to get our children. Um, our One had left the home and had gone to the hospital and found the police. Anyways, made some accusations, and, and the whole story's crazy, and it's kind of kind of humorous at, at points, but, you know, we, we realize that it's more than anything else, a satanic attack on someone who's trying to serve the Lord. And, and I know people go through some horrible things, maybe, maybe not to that extreme, but boy, I tell you what, the devil doesn't want you to thrive. And if he can destroy you one way or another, he's going to do that. And what we found was, you, you know, God, the question of suffering and evil has been around uh, since mankind has been able to think, I guess. And uh, what we have discovered is that God provides a refuge. He provides strength. He provides courage. He provides a way uh, to, to get through things, uh, starting with the blood of Jesus Christ and salvation. But um, too many people, I think, give up on God and walk away. And I'm telling you, there were temptations uh, through that ordeal because the the state just, I mean, they they said so many lies about us. And, uh, you know, going from hearing to hearing to hearing and, and listening to them say all these things about us. And, you know, for me, uh, listening to them say things like that, you know, about my wife and, you know, she's abusive and all this stuff. And that had never one time been the case. And. And what, what did, the, brother, not to cut you short here, but what did the police say to you at three o'clock in the morning standing at your door? I mean, what, what was this? I mean, you're, you're on the phone with 911. You're, the families go, obviously, this is crazy at this point. What do they say? All that they told us was that uh, one of our children had um, accused us of abuse and that they were coming to get the other children. They had a court order uh, to, you know, uh, avail them from the home and to get them to safety. They wouldn't, you know, we weren't told where. We were given a card, said go to the police station at 8 a.m. Um, you know, so we sat there and stared at the door till 7.45. Yeah. And drove to the police station. And then they put us in different interrogation rooms and horribly interrogated us for about four hours. And, I, you know, it was the grace of God that got us through any of that and all of that and you know the thing is we never we never turned on each other we never we never turned on god you know there were moments of anguish and and doubt and i remember you know sitting there at my couch in the middle of the night just crying and begging the lord for help and and it got to a point where you know i had to say you know lord if i never see my kids again i will serve you and and there was some victory in that. And my wife had gotten there before me. She's uh, she's she's a better trooper than I am sometimes. And uh, 
But when we got there together, we just found a lot of peace. Um, you know, things didn't get better, um, but, you know, the situation didn't change, but God began to change us. And then the church began to fast, and uh, a lot of a lot of things began to happen, and and we went to a hearing, and we were essentially informed that we would never get our kids back, and that was probably the, the most despondent um, moment. And then we went to a, a church camp meeting, and uh, and the preacher there, good good friend, he he knew everything that was going on. And he got up and he just said, I believe the Lord would have me um, to preach. And I just, I was just like, man, what are you thinking? (laughs) And and, uh, so I got up and I preached, you know, and, and I'm telling you, there was just a, there was just a peace from God that came, you know, at the altar, people were there um, with my wife and I and just praying and, and we counted it back to that moment where God began to change some things. Because we were told that morning that we wouldn't see our kids again, um, or we wouldn't get them back. And then two weeks later, they were at our house. <laughs> wow. Now, <laughs> yes. Yeah, now, brother, something here. So I got to ask you this, because it, it kind of reminds me of Job praying for his friends. So you guys get to a point where you're uh, you just surrender your life, your kids, your everything and say, God, it's about you. And uh, yes. I, I'm sure that during this time, you're praying for the people who are unrightly, uh, you know, or unjustly uh, persecuting you. I mean, what's, what's going on with yeah. that? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, <clears throat> that is, that is a miraculous in and of itself. So they, they give the husband and wife separate attorneys separate, um, you know, interrogations, all that stuff, because almost all of those marriages end in divorce because they want you to turn against each other. And of course we didn't know any of this going in. I mean, good grief, you know, we're, we're just trying to <laughs> live our life and preach the gospel and all that. But, uh, anyway, so we just through prayer decided we would take the first of whatever comes. Cause we had all this stuff we had to do. We had to do anger management. We had to do parenting classes. We had to do, I mean, the list was huge. And so we just decided to do the first, the first that came up. And um, our my wife's appointed attorney, her first words were, I hate Christians. Hey, brother, hold that for one second. That's a great place to come back to. Hey, folks, I hate to do this, but we got to let our radio stations do what they have to do. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So, brother, I'm back with you. You were just saying they had this list of things you have to do. They you know, appointed you different attorneys and... If you could take off right. from there. Yes, sir. Sure. So my wife's attorney, first words out of her mouth were, I hate Christians. Wow. And so we knew that we were going to have to find an attorney, but we didn't have any money. I mean, we pastor a small church, and, you know, I, but, but the Lord is good. And he miraculously supplied a very powerful attorney a few weeks into the thing. And, and my attorney was, was good, but he had never fought the system before. And so <clears throat> we had prayed. 
So our, our counselor, you know, you have to get counseling and there's like a litany of that stuff that you have to go through. Um, our counselor, her specialty was, um, um, gender, um, gender affirmation, uh, counseling. So if, you know, the, the one out of the pick there in 2015 that, that, you know, if I wanted to be a girl, she would, you know, avail me to be a girl. But we, you know, I'm telling you, the Lord, the Lord did a work. She ended up getting saved. You know, oh, story God. she, her daughter got saved. She got saved. And, uh, you know, a few years later, my wife and I still worked in the court through a parent advocate program. And I met with a guy who was just going through a bunch of stuff. And his, he had the same counselor and he said, you know, I know, you know, this girl and, uh, She's a good church girl. She's there every time the doors are open. I'm just thinking, man, hallelujah. (laughs) Here's here's some souls that are headed to heaven because of the trial we went through. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a side thing that that might have happened. I mean, if we hadn't gone through that, this girl and her daughter would not have been saved. And and there's about 10 or 12 other stories that just the miracles that God did. And, you know, I. I say that not to say that we were champions of faith because we weren't. I mean, there were literally times where I had no faith in, you know, I know that a person can subsist on the faith of others. I know that uh, from experience. And, you know, when it first happened, there was not a day, um, I think it was 36 days or something like that, that we were not alone. Um, People from the church just came and, and uh, there was a lot of stuff we had to do. You know, we had to get rid of the trampoline. We had, you know, all the, all that stuff, all the, all the stuff. And we had, you know, our church folks did all of that. They, they sat with us. I'd say it's a lot like, like Job. Yeah. Because we just sat there, and I don't know if we talked or not. I mean, I honestly, I'm not being silly. I just, I just don't know. There's a fog, yeah, would, right? I mean, you got a yeah. brain fog going on. Yeah. Right. And so I learned from that, you know, when people are going through hardships, just go, just go. Don't call them and ask because <laughs> yeah. now, now you're, now you're forcing them to make a decision and they don't want to put you out. So they're going to say no, just if God puts it on your heart to go be an encouragement or comfort to someone, just go. And, you know, it was that, I mean, a whole lot went on. I resigned from the church and they refused to accept the resignation. And, wow. You know, all of that stuff. And then, you know, the Lord, the, we don't we don't understand how he works a lot of times. And then we don't like how he works a lot of times. So we, I had friends and people in the church that were preaching the whole this whole time. I think, I think it was about 40 days or something I didn't preach. But, you know, when I did preach, Father's Day. Amen. <laughs> that oh, was that's the hard. First time. Oh, that man. was the first time. And uh, our... our uh, Deacon and associate there came to me and said, you know, brother, I, we, we just don't have anyone for Father's Day. Um, I can preach it or you can preach it. And, you know, I'm looking at my wife and looking at him. I said, I said, well, with God's help, I'll preach it. And, you know, we had a good day. It was, it was, it was just, I, I don't even know how to describe the whole thing. It was just the power of God. You wonder why does suffering happen? Why do trials happen? Well, you know, you read the verse there in James that that um, the, the, the trial of our faith worketh patience. You know, that's 
that's in the Bible. Paul says, you know, look, I gave everything up. I gave it all up in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. You know, we want the power, but we don't want the sufferings. But he's a, as we are already said in Isaiah, he's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And if that's my Savior, you know, what a, what a great invitation it is that I can be, that I can have fellowship in his sufferings. And, you know, we don't certainly claim to understand, but boy, I, I, I have definitely learned that suffering makes us more like Jesus. Yeah. The Bible is full of people that struggle, full of people with trauma, full of people with depression, full of people with being bombarded with evil. And God truly has provided himself through Jesus to be our refuge and our solace and our comfort, our strength, our wisdom, our yeah. grace. I mean, he has given us that. Yeah. And yeah, but let me let me to, Yeah, let me take you back one second before we uh I want to go back to early days. So early days here, you're going through the lawyer, the consular, consular yes. gets saved. I mean, this is crazy. All right. Consular yes. daughter gets saved. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. But was yes. there a verse? Was there something in the Bible that just reached you and your wife at a level, uh, that you can never forget <laughs> what God talked to you about? For me, no. Um, okay. but there was, there was a book and, so in my daily Bible reading at the time, I was in the Chronicles and the Kings and all yeah. that stuff, right? So I decided I'll just keep reading. And, you know, people always say in a trial, go to Psalms. That I did that, and that, that wasn't helpful to me. You know, yeah. it was to my wife. Um, and Chronicles and Kings and all that. You know, when you're going through a trial, there's one theme that comes out of the Chronicles and Kings. You know what that one theme is? Kill them all. Mm. <laughs> So I had to stop reading there. <laughs> and, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I went to Job, and the Lord had been impressing on me to do that, anyways. And I said no, of course. And I am telling you what, I got so much help out of the Book of Job because here's the thing with Job, and maybe I think sometimes when you read, you don't see certain elements of it if you're not in a certain place in life. And we were in a trial, man. And what I saw in Job was that, boy, he got angry with God, and he yelled at God, and, and he said, this isn't fair. I wish I'd never been born. But then he always, he always ended that with you know, things like, yet will I trust thee. And you know, he, he brought the injustice to God, but he also knew that God was God and that he could trust him. And that was such a help to me because you, know, you feel guilty for being angry with God. You feel you feel unreasonable guilt, and then that makes things worse. And I realized here's a guy that God said was the most righteous guy around, and he got mad, and so I'm in good company. <laughs> yeah, and so so speaking of Job, I mean, you got Eliphaz, you got Bildad, yes. the Shuhite, you know, shortest guy in the Bible. You got Zophar. Now, do, do you distinctively see among your friends, uh, was there three or four people that, that – just came over and would talk to you? I mean, did someone accuse you? Like, like I mean, by the time Zophar comes along, if I remember right, he's just totally accusing Job of wickedness, right. and this yeah. and that. Did you go through any of he that? He brought brother? it on himself. Yeah. Yes. Well, we uh, we lost about, you know, 95% of our friends. And wow. That, wow. Um, There's that, a lot of that crying was, right there, brother. Wow. 
Yes. Um, now during the you know during the the firefight as we could call it, I didn't notice all that because we're just trying to survive one day at a time. Yeah. I had friends that were coming to preach, and I had friends that were there. I mean, one friend, uh, another pastor friend, he was, he, well, we found out where the girls were at. He, he brought a sheriff from his church, and they both came, I'm not kidding you, with cowboy boots, cowboy hats, and, you know, Western holsters with handguns, and they were going to go get the girls. And, and I just said, brother, we can't do that. Well, you know, brother, we got to hold this right here and come back tomorrow. We're right on that okay. edge. But, but folks, so much going on here. You know, it's middle of the night, three in the morning, forced to care, false accusations, uh, everything. You know, uh, my brother was mentioned how Isaiah 53 talked about God being a man of sorrows. We know that it talks about taking our grief, all that. Come back tomorrow. We want to know how God took the grief, what's going on here with his kids, and uh, make sure you come back. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.